I had the distinct impression our tire was going to blow. I just knew it was going to happen. I didn't really question it. All I knew is that, okay, this is going to happen. So I, I took the car off of cruise control and I started to slow down. At around 60 miles an hour, the tire blew. Hi, welcome back to Chats with Chaz. Thanks for tuning in. Come for the stories, stay for the puns. <laughs> Yeah. Welcome back, everybody. I'm picking up from the last episode. We were talking about the best way to change. And I am really glad that you guys are tuning in for another episode. I'm sorry I had to split it. My laptop was dying, but I'm back now. And we're going to talk about the final two steps of this five step process. If you remember from the last episode, we went over the first three principles of this process or the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, If you remember, step one was to have a belief in something, or in this case, have faith in Jesus Christ. The second step was the repentance process, or just do it. The more you change and the more drastic and unnatural the new behavior, the better or the more diverse results you're going to get. Then the third step was to make a promise with yourself to stay changed, or to make a promise with somebody else to stay accountable, or to make a promise with the greatest person ever, which is Jesus Christ through baptism, and he will help you with the grace of Jesus Christ to stay changed. That is the best promise you can make. So in this episode, we're going to talk about the fourth and the final step, which are to listen to the Holy Ghost or to follow that gut feeling and just know what you need to do. And then the fifth step is to rinse and repeat or essentially endure to the end. These principles are very dear to my heart, and I do believe that they are an interlocking cycle that you can repeat over and over and over. And the more you do this process, the better change you will see in your life. I have felt it in my own life. I have definitely grown and become a different person over and over because I have chosen to follow these steps. And even more so because I chose to follow them religiously, as in like believing in Jesus Christ and relying on him to perform miracles in my own life. It is a process. It's almost scientific because it just works. I I absolutely love the gospel of Jesus Christ. I can't talk enough about it. I'm an extremely intellectual person. And so I, it's hard for me to just accept things as they are and just to have blind faith. I like to think things through and understand how they all work together. And I think that's why I like the gospel of Jesus Christ so much is I finally understood how these five steps, these five principles are interwoven and they work well together and they flow very naturally from one thing to another. And they make sense to me according to what I understand of the world and according to what I've read in the scriptures. So I think that's why I like the gospel of Jesus Christ so much. I really hope that you're enjoying my ramblings about these principles and I hope you're finding a benefit from them because I certainly do. And it's what drives my thought process every single day and how I structure my life. Anyway, so let's just jump right back into this process. We've discussed the first three principles. And let's say that you were following along and you have made a promise, you know, with yourself or in this case with Jesus Christ. You decided to say, okay, I give up this previous behavior. I'm now going to live a different life and I'm going to rely on Jesus Christ to help me with that. I'm making a promise with him. In the church, if you get baptized, you are entitled to the constant companionship of the Holy Ghost. Now, 
The Holy Ghost is the third member of the Godhead. In the scriptures, they often refer to it as the Spirit of God. And we believe in in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints that the Spirit is a person, but it doesn't have a body, but rather is just a spirit, but is definitely a person. He is a 100% in line with the will of God and Jesus Christ. And when people are born onto this earth, we have the ability to have a conscience or like a little Jiminy Cricket in our ear, but that's separate from the Holy Ghost. And when we are baptized, we have the right or the entitlement of the constant companionship of the Holy Ghost. I want to read a certain scripture that explains the best way that you are entitled to have the constant companionship of the Holy Ghost. Because you don't just get it. Once you're baptized, you can't just kick back, relax, and expect this amazing, in tune with God guide to always be prompting you. You're not. You do have to do certain things in order to maintain that right. And I love this scripture. It's in DNC 121, and it kind of breaks down what we need to do in order to have the Holy Ghost with us. In DNC 121.45, it talks about this. Let thy bowels also be full of charity towards all men and to the household of faith, and let virtue garnish thy thoughts unceasingly. Then shall thy confidence wax strong in the presence of God, and the doctrine of the priesthood shall distill upon thy soul as the dews from heaven. The Holy Ghost shall be thy constant companion and thy scepter, an unchanging scepter of righteousness and truth. This scripture goes on and there's a lot more other blessings associated with that. And I would love to talk about this particular section in another podcast because it is so great to break down. But for right now, let's break down what we need to do in order to receive this guide through life. In the first section of this verse that I read, it required us to do two things. One is to let our bowels or our heart, another word for bowels is heart or our inner, you know, inner organs to be full of charity towards all men and to the household of faith. Now, what it's talking about is we need to have a Christ-like attitude about us, which is always outward. We can either choose to turn inward and be selfish or turn outward and care about how other people feel. When we choose to be more charitable and loving toward other people, we are allowing the spirit to flow through us and out of us because the spirit really wants to use us to bless other people. The second thing we need to do is we need to have virtue in our thoughts unceasingly. You always got to look out for when scriptures use general statements like always, forever, unceasingly, constant. And in this particular verse, there are two words that are general words. One of them is unceasingly and the other one is constant. So check this out. Let virtue garnish thy thoughts unceasingly. And later on in the next verse, it says the Holy Ghost shall be thy constant companion. And so that is the trick. If you imagine your soul as a fiber optic cable and the spirit sends revelation through the fiber optic cable, then you understand a little bit better about why it's important that we have virtue. Now, virtue in this context is talking about having pure thoughts in your mind. This is a very sensitive topic for me because of my history with pornography. I was acutely aware of just how distant I made myself because of the images that I viewed when I was younger. It was very hard for me to hear the whisperings of the Holy Spirit because my mind was not pure. Heavenly Father asks us to keep our minds pure and to have holy thoughts, to have clean thought, to focus on being outward. And with those kind of images in my mind, it was extremely hard to have pure thoughts. The cleaner the fiber optic cable, the more light can pass through and be sent down the fiber optic cable. That's how I best understand virtue and revelation. You have to understand, every time we sin, God does not leave us. He is immovable in his perfection. 
we are the ones that move away from him. And that's why I've learned in my own forgiveness process, whenever I renew my baptismal covenants to, again, take upon me the name of Jesus Christ and try to be as good as I can, I am coming closer to God. There's a scripture that says, draw near unto me and I will draw near unto you. As soon as I start trying again, I feel his love. And as soon as I again promise to forsake sin and to try again to be St. Chaz, the best version of myself I can be, I again start to feel that revelation pour through me again. It takes time. It really does. It's hard. The human mind retains lots of images far longer than we could possibly imagine. And sometimes we just start thinking about things that are impure and you really can't hear the clean, beautiful, crisp promptings of what you know you need to do. It's very hard to hear that whenever you have impure thoughts bouncing around in your mind. But when I do have those pure thoughts, the revelation again begins to flow. And I love that. And that's why I feel like in this verse, in DNC 121.45, it says, Then shall thy confidence wax strong in the presence of God. Because we are choosing to come back into his presence, metaphorically speaking, not physically. But we are choosing to return to him, turn our face back towards the sun in the sky, to say the least. And we can be confident because we are trying to follow him and to keep his commandments. If we have virtuous, a virtuous mind, we have nothing to hide. So what are the benefits of having this guide? I've talked a lot about him. The Holy Ghost can be your constant companion when you are confirmed in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. When I was eight, I was baptized, and I was given the gift of the Holy Ghost. From then on, I have the ability to listen to thoughts in my mind and feelings in my heart when it comes to making decisions. I'm going to share an experience where I had the help of the Holy Ghost. I was traveling with some friends on a, a little bit of a road trip, three hours to the Bonneville Salt Flats in Salt Lake City, Utah. And we were traveling there in a car full of friends and we were jamming out to music and we, were, we had snacks and we were having a really good time. We were on the highway going pretty fast, about 80 miles an hour, nothing crazy, but we were just traveling down. And while we were listening to music, I totally did not expect to receive any kind of prompting because we like to think of it as a still small voice. You need to have, you know, a little bit of quiet and reverence in order to start to feel those promptings. But regardless of the music that we were listening to, I had the distinct impression our tire was going to blow. I just knew it was going to happen. I didn't really question it. All I knew is that, okay, this is going to happen. So I, I took the car off of cruise control and I started to slow down. At around 60 miles an hour, the tire blew. Everyone freaked out. There was yelling. The music stopped. But I was completely calm because for some reason, I just knew it was going to happen. I don't, I don't know why. I just felt prompted by the Holy Ghost and was warned that this would happen. So when it did, my hands were firm. I was already slowing down and I pulled over and we were okay. It was one of the most surreal experiences I've ever had. It was accompanied by complete and utter peace, knowing that everything was going to be okay. Now, whenever we have spiritual experiences and we receive these kind of promptings, we have a choice to either believe that it was coincidental or that it was a prompting from a higher being. I have learned in my own experience that my life is much more full of wonder, joy, and faith when I choose to believe that these circumstances were not coincidental, but rather miraculous and given to me by a loving Heavenly Father. In this case, I believe that 
I really was prompted by the Holy Ghost and warned in order to slow down to save our lives. That is what we're talking about when we're talking about a guide. It helps us and warns us against danger. Not always, but Heavenly Father has a plan for each and every one of us, and he wants to help guide us to the best place if we are willing to listen. People will often mistake the Holy Ghost to be the answer to all of their prayers, where if they want something, they pray for it, and the Spirit will lead them to the treasure, and they will be happy. But that's not necessarily the truth. We pray for closeness to God, and God, who sees from on high, has a lot better perspective on what we really need in life, and he sends the Holy Ghost to guide us and in ways that we might not understand. But for me personally, I'm always confident that Heavenly Father does not send a prompting unless it is because he loves me and he's looking out for my greatest benefit. And so I always follow promptings, regardless of whether I understand them, because I know that the outcome will always be more joyful and blessings will be so much greater than I could possibly fathom. I could go on for days about the Holy Ghost, and there's plenty of other scriptures out there, but we're going to just put a rest to that fourth principle and move on to the final one, which is to endure to the end. In the scriptures, they often talk about enduring to the end, and I really like that they have this principle because they didn't just say, sail off into the sunset and all is well, anybody who ever joins the church quickly realizes that all of their problems do not go away. (laughs) In fact, when we choose to follow God's plan, the adversary, which we haven't really talked about, but there is an adversary, seems to send over twice as many demons and twice as many trials than what we had before. He's trying to tear us down and make us revert back to who we were before. And that actually kind of resonates with people who are not religious, actually. Whenever you strive in anything, you tend to face this opposition. There's a book that's called The War on Art that also talks about this, and I love it to death. I would highly recommend you go and read that book. It's a very short book. It's very digestible, super fun. But essentially, in The War on Art, it refers to this opposition when it comes to starting a new diet or trying in some creative endeavor in writing a book or writing music, anything in the creative arts, starting a business. As soon as you strive to do something, it seems like opposition crops up. And if you feel that opposition, good. That means you're doing something right. That's why it's important that this final step, endure to the end, is so crucial. Essentially, it encompasses all the other four principles in a cycle, saying the end of your life has not arrived and you need to endure the trials that the adversary or opposition will be thrown at you. And the way to do it is the four other steps. Faith, belief, believe that you can change, believe that you can overcome. The second thing is repentance, and that's just to do it. In the face of opposition, you see the opposition attacking you, trying to drag you down, trying to make you revert back to your previous lifestyle, back to your previous behavior, and you say no, and you change. The third is to, again, keep that promise, make more promises. When you make those promises with Jesus Christ, he sends grace, the Holy Ghost, to enable you to do more than you could on your own. That's, that's you reaching out and touching his robe and being healed of your blood illness, just like the woman in the Bible that I talked about in the previous episode. When you make these promises and you, and you choose to act, you are overcoming this opposition. When you choose to make those promises, Jesus sends his spirit to be your guide, to help you, to continue in your new lifestyle over and over and over, day after day. When we choose to endure to the end, we are choosing to habitually make a new canal in our brain. I didn't really study human anatomy, but I did a lot of psychology reading and I learned the brain, the human brain is very plastic as in it does mold and it does change. 
every time we create a new habit or a new skill, we are literally changing the, the physical nature of our brain. It's carving out a new canal, a new wrinkle in our brains for that new habit. And I love that because I play the piano and I've learned that when a pianist practices a movement over and over and over, he is drilling into his brain a new canal or it's connecting all of these synapses into a new pattern that makes it easier to play. When I practice it for four hours on one day, my fingers are tired and my brain is tired. But the next day, when I try that that piece of music fresh, my brain remembers it and the muscle memory starts to kick in and it's easier for me to fathom and it's easier for me to play. This is also very true for football players. It has often been commented when football players are playing that they feel like time slows down. In reality, what's happening is that they have practiced these movements over and over and over so many times that the brain can now pass through these new synapse paths so quickly that they are now having more time to process the event as it occurs since they're doing it so quickly. For them, they're thinking faster. Time isn't slowing down. And that's why I love Enduring to the End. We are practicing these new habits. We are slowly becoming new creatures. And we can do it on our own or we can allow Christ to mold us into new creatures in him. I'm always going to advocate that we follow Jesus Christ and we opt into that accelerator program because we will find that we will be changed, not from our own efforts, but from his. And all we have to do is believe in him and follow his commandments, regardless of how much we understand or not. It, that is our token of faith. That is us reaching out and touching his robe. When we do that tiny, tiny little gesture, he heals us. He performs the miracle. And I love that. This is kind of a shorter episode since this is the tail end of the five-step process of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I do want to share just some of my thoughts about why I'm choosing to do this podcast. When I first started this podcast, I felt prompted to share my thoughts on how to live an awesome life. This mostly happened when I was on my mission, but it's been a thought that I've been having after my mission since 2016 that I do believe that there is an excellent way to live life. I don't propose to be living that life currently. I am definitely still developing and growing and learning myself, but the theory is there, and I do have a lot of faith in the theory. I I've, am convinced that following religious principles, regardless of whether you are a believer or not, will lead to a life that is full of awesomeness. Because whether we believe that a God exists or not, the principle of love and charity unlocks an external resource to ourselves that allows us to connect with other people and invite opportunity into our life. Now, that's a principle that that works, that functions with or without the belief in God. These principles really do help everybody, whether they're a believer or not. And that's why I felt prompted to begin sharing these thoughts in a way that is digestible to both those of a faith and not of a faith. Ideally, I would love for everyone to believe that there is a God and that that God is our loving Heavenly Father who is actively concerned for our welfare. I would also really like it if all of my friends who listen to this podcast choose to make promises with Jesus Christ and choose to believe that this is the true church of Jesus Christ and be baptized into it. But I'm not going to tell people how to live their lives. I'm not going to judge them if they choose not to be a believer, or I'm not going to judge them if they choose to go to a different denomination of faith. I am so grateful when people choose to opt in for a religion and they're active in it. That is awesome. They are brothers in Christ to me, brothers and sisters in Christ. 
all I'm trying to do with this podcast and in all the content that I'll be making in the future is to invite people to come into Christ and to feel inspired to be their very best selves, to be the saint that's in each one of them, to be holy, to sanctify themselves. That is my goal in life. I love that. I get so much fulfillment from inspiring people to give up their habits that they've always hated and then to become the people they've always dreamed that they could be. Because I believe everyone has that dream. Everyone has that vision. Too often people give up on that vision of they see of themselves in the future. And that makes me so sad. I refuse to give up on my dream. I see myself as a man of principle, following the commandments of God, being uh, an influence in my community and helping other people, of changing the lives of people around me, to creating synergistic relationships where people benefit because of me and I benefit from them. All of these things I see in the future and I'm trying to overcome my current habits to become and grow into that type of person. And I'm choosing to go the route with Jesus Christ. So yeah, that's kind of why I've been doing these podcasts. I'm going to continue through the Preach My Gospel manual, of course, because there's so many other things that I want to talk about, how to manage your time wisely, how to find the genuine friends that you've always been looking for and how to become the best person in the chapter that talks about Christ-like attributes. These are the principles I was talking about. Charity, faith, patience, knowledge, obedience. They're just great principles that apply to everybody. I'm very excited to talk about these things with all of you. And once we're done with the Preach My Gospel manual, I am so excited to move on to other subjects like culture in the LDS church and how to avoid judgment, getting rid of shame, in all sorts of cultures, of finding ways to love yourself and to love those around you. I'm so excited to talk about the books that I'm reading and how we can apply it in our life. And honestly, I'm just going to share stories about my personal life as well, because let's be honest, this is also kind of a personal you know, thought journal that people can tune in and enjoy the entertainment of my life, because frankly, my life is very entertaining. There is a lot of drama going on in my life currently, actually. I did just meet this girl named Karen. I'm, I'm hoping to bring her on the podcast at one point. To be perfectly frank with all of you, I am desperately and wonderfully in love with her. I never thought that I would meet someone that I've always wanted to date for a very long time and potentially marry, but Karen is definitely in that category. It is shocking how amazing, and I attribute it all back to to Heavenly Father. I have been praying for years for the right type of person that I would like to be partners with, and this is an answer to my prayer. Karen's probably going to be blushing if she hears this, but I can't help but talk about it. So we're going to talk about how God is involved in answering these prayers and what the scriptures talk about with spouses and quote unquote soulmates and finding the one that's right for you. We're definitely not married. We just started dating. So I'm not professing to know all the answers when it comes to dating and marriage and how God is involved. But I do like to discuss these things and understand the principles. Experience is the greatest teacher. I'm really excited for my own experience to teach me. But while I wait for experience to confirm or clarify my suspicions, I love to understand the principles regardless of where I am in the board game of life. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. I'm really excited about future episodes. If you have any questions, feel free to DM me and I will be sure to respond or include them in the next episode. And as I always like to say, I hope you have a fantastic day.